Angie and Carly, two moms with two kids and two different types of cancer, lung and breast. They first met back in 2003 as AmeriCorps Promise Fellows in Boston, Massachusetts as struggling college graduates trying to find their way. Fast forward 16 years later, Angie's in Switzerland and Carly's in London, and they find their friendship reunited by cancer. Join these moms as they navigate through what it takes to heal themselves while raising kids in an expat world. Hey, Angie, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, today here, um, obviously across the world, actually, um, so not just in the UK, it's, it's World Book Day. Uh, yeah, so World Book Day. So the girls are um, dressed up as board ninjas today, funny enough. Um, their school decided that to have the children not wear like the costumes, like characters from a book or what have you. Sorry, said that, sorry. Um, but anyway, um, so they are dressed up as word ninjas. And uh, they dressed up for World Book Day? Yeah, they do actually. So they have like a non-uniform day. So they don't have to wear the uniform, but they can choose to be a word ninja um, this particular year in the school. And uh, so it was hard for me actually, because I had to find the same color of shirt and the same color of leggings, which is really hard in this house because we've got all these different colors and things like that. And obviously with two girls, like there's nothing that is ever just plain. Um, yeah. Luckily, I managed to find uh, two pairs of black leggings with two black tops that had writing on them, which was okay. And then mm -hmm. they chose like a um, a word and then the definition and they wrote it on this thing that they put on them, like kind of like a smock sort of thing that we made out of paper and sparkly ribbon. And mm -hmm. um, probably the cool thing with it actually is, so obviously, um, well, both my girls wear glasses um, for you guys that don't know. And they were meant to be like a word ninja, but obviously a mask isn't going to work with glasses. It's just not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> not an option. Uh, so I went through all the headscarves that I actually have in the house and I made this big pile of them. So some of them are still actually in different locations, but this huge pile, which I will share with you all. And I said, okay, choose all the, um, the headscarves, you know, and choose one that you would like to put around your forehead. So you're going to have to be more like the, be more like karate kid and less like a ninja because it's not happening with the glasses. And, um, my youngest chose a panda one that, um, a friend had given me, um, which is really, really lovely. And, uh, then my eldest had chosen, um, the one that I wore on the last day when I had my last radiotherapy, which ended my treatment. Um, oh, so wow. I was quite, yeah, I was quite excited that she chose that one. So it's a Japanese, um, do you remember? No, she's, she didn't No, She didn't remember. No, but I was telling her this scarf comes from Japan. It means warrior in Japanese and it had this big red dot on it or what have you. Sorry. Oh, yeah. And, um, and she chose that one. Now I was really excited about her because like, you know, a Marine gave this to her, an American Marine that was stationed in Japan or living in Japan. It's, you know, it symbolizes for me my last day of treatment and it stands for warrior. I was like, ah, oh, this is amazing. But when she got in school, she decided that it sort of itched her head. So she took it off. So I said, well, we're not having this. <laughs> so I said, this is what we're doing. So I tied it in her hair and made a bow out of it. Cause I was like, you are wearing this. You are being that warrior today. An adaptable warrior. <laughs> exactly. That is what it is all about. Yeah. So that was sort of me this morning in, in regards to world book day. Do you guys do anything in Switzerland at your school or um, I, not that I'm aware of, so I'm still kind of new to the school system and, and oh yeah, so <laughs> lots, there's always something going on at school, isn't there? My goodness. <laughs> um, uh, so not that you're aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is possible that they, you know, could 
be doing something, but we didn't get any letters. Any notices. From, okay. Any, yeah. Do your so, children wear um, uniforms to school or do they? They go to public school. So. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much all the schools here in the UK, they wear uniforms. So it was like a non- um, no, they just go to a regular public school. So public school is actually a private school here, but just a general sort of school, you know, local school, um, mm-hmm. you know, where we don't pay tuition or what have you. And um, sorry about that. And uh, yeah, they normally wear a uniform every day. They didn't have to today. So obviously dressing up is definitely what they would like to do. Um, Sometimes I wish my kids wore uniforms. It would make life a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, I think it is actually. Not only does it save money, but it also just says, okay, this is what you wear every day. There's there's no other choice. Um, And then when they get in the stage of like, you know, wanting to dress themselves and they're like, "Uh, no, you can't really wear that to school or, you know, I pick a different color coordination, you know. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Um, we get that here, actually. So on non-school days, it just becomes this process where, like, they go through a million different outfits. Obviously, two girls, a million different outfit, outfits, trying to change different things. I'm like, oh, get me out of here. But mm-hmm. actually, when they do have a non-uniform day, it turns into that as well. So it's, no, I want to wear this. I want to wear that. Blah, blah, blah. But funny enough, with a uniform, I will tell you that mm-hmm. um, it doesn't change. It doesn't make them want to get ready any quicker, any faster. Um, you know, to sort of listen when it's time to get changed. Um, it doesn't stop any of the tantrums that come along with that. <laughs> it still yes. happens. But you know what? They do the same thing every day. Just not quite figure that out yet. What I said yesterday, what's the problem? What is it? I mean, we do the same routine every day. It's not changed, you know? Yep, you still need to brush your teeth. You still need to get that hair combed and wash that face um, and get changed. But anyway, yeah, so today's World Book Day. Um, and I thought maybe it would be a good idea maybe just to talk about some of the books that maybe have helped us on the journey, some of the books that we enjoy, um, maybe some of the books that we've read as children, just kind of whatever works, really. Um, I believe you've kind of, um, didn't you write a children's book or what have you? Uh, sorry oh. about that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't keep saying I know. <laughs> so I'm trying to say it. Sorry, stop. Sorry, everyone. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. that's a break yep okay that's a that's a giggle i i like to laugh sorry everybody um but anyway <laughs> anyway andy so you've written a book haven't you about uh i think it was on world book day last year exactly yeah it was a year ago last year i was in the clinic um in switzerland and this was actually pre pre-cancer pc <laughs> um this was before my diagnosis so okay I was really sick um on steroids and these steroids were just making me an insomniac like I couldn't go to sleep and I was yeah all this like pent-up energy and all this stuff going in my head and then I basically just like spent 48 hours just writing and (laughs) you would think it was like a memoir or something but no it's actually a nursery rhyme book (laughs) (laughs) I love it. 48 hours. I, get, I hear you, though. Those steroids are pretty crazy, aren't they? My goodness. Oh, yeah. gosh. So the book I wrote is called uh, Remix Nursery Rhymes. And because, I, I mean, I was thinking about, like, you know, what can I, um, like, teach my children? Like, how, because, you know, like, as moms, we always, we were just talking about this, you know, like, like um, teaching them about routines and how they have to, like, brush their face and um, brush their face, <laughs> brush their teeth. <laughs> brush their teeth and um <clears throat> wash their face and you know just like and teaching them like 
you know, how to be polite, and, you know, just all these things. And um, so I decided to take like everyday nursery rhymes that we all know and love and then pair them up with um, original lyrics and songs, like, so to teach them, um, you know, like what to do in certain situations or just, um, you know, like, for example, you know that song, uh, Roll, Roll, Roll Your Boat? Jenna oh, Dennis? yeah, definitely. Yep. So in my remix nursery rhyme. <laughs> Andy's rem- introducing Andy's remix nursery rhymes. It would be um, brush, brush, brush my teeth every night and day. Up and down and round and round is the perfect way. So I like that. You know, yeah. So, you know, little things like this. And then the best part was actually my, um, my kids are learning how to read. So, yeah. you know, when I had this uh, book, I had it um, printed and, uh, illustrated and um, I would love to get it published somehow but that's you know for a different different time um, but yeah my daughter um, was looking at it and you know she started reading it and um, they ended up like memorizing all the songs so now it's just like it it worked so well because you know they were able to um, memorize the songs and it's funny like when they're brushing their teeth like you know they'll also <laughs> sing it a little bit or um stuff so it it's it was like very cathartic for me to do and it was like it was like a bonding experience I think for me and the kids too and it'd be great if I could you know share this with the wider audience yeah Um, that would be um that would be really cool actually I mean if you're willing to share that with me as well I'd appreciate that it helped my sort of you know mornings out a bit um maybe make them a a bit less stressful (laughs) yeah yeah Sounds yeah. like and those could do the trick, actually. That could be uh, it. And it's not just about, like, um, habits or routines and, or anything. It's just, it also has, like, you know, some little messages in there, too. Like, you know, the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, so in my remix, it's... Um, Andy's remix, yep. Yeah. So there's a, a girl version. Um, twinkle Twinkle, I'm a girl, tough and precious as a pearl. I know that I am enough. I can be sweet, strong, and tough. Twinkle, twinkle, I'm a girl, tough and precious as a pearl. Oh, I love that. And it's just sort of world's, um, World Women's Day is coming up or what have you or, or so on. That is just, I love that. I love that. Definitely the need boy, to share that with me. The boy's version is... Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Twinkle, twinkle, I'm a boy who can play with different toys. Play-Doh, Legos, dolls and trains. No such thing as boy-girl games. Twinkle, twinkle, I'm a boy who can play with different toys. Oh, I love that. And that is just... That's just amazing, Angie. I think it's one of those things where, you know, nowadays in the world, um, you know, your child might be in a class where there's lots of boys or an overabundance of boys or an overabundance of girls or what have you, but all you want them to be is just be confident in themselves, don't you? In in, in a nurturing environment. So that, I mean, both of those songs actually tap right into that saying it's okay to be you, you know? Yeah. Well, I love those. I love those. So that was your... Boy yeah, that, so that was, yeah, that was a mini project last year around World Book Day. Um, yeah. It's really good, actually. And I, I can relate to that sort of, that steroid sort of being up for 48 hours sort of thing. So before each of my chemos, I had to take four four steroid tablets before and, and four after. And I think there was one time I probably forgot to take them or I messed it up. I don't know what I did. I was up so long, I couldn't remember what I did, to be honest. And I used to just either... I would go through funny stages where I would get up in, like you said, really a ridiculous time or be up for a long time. 
kind of just wandering around, not knowing what I would do. But then I would also go through stages where I would do cleaning and I would just throw everything, not everything out, but throw things out that I probably would have wanted, like some of my Shanti workout videos or what have you. And I was thinking, oh, I'll never be able to do those again. So I just put them in the bin. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, those steroid days, those were tough, actually. Those were really tough. And then when you finally would actually get get a bit tired, I mean, in in one instance, I would go and have the chemo. So that would do it. (laughs) That would tire me out. But then the after effect, I would have it after. And then again, I would have this rush for like a day or a day after where I'd be like, oh, okay. And then obviously it would hit you and then you would feel the downside effects of the chemo. But, um, oh yeah, steroids. Um, yeah. Do you take those often or are you just sort of on them every so often or how does that work for you now? I was on them like before my diagnosis, they thought, you know, I had like liquid pneumonia and all this Mm. stuff to actually um, help with the coughing. Oh, okay. I took those for like six weeks, I think. And then, yeah. No, and I oh, haven't wow. taken but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I feel for you on that steroid front. Um, yeah. So let's, let's break it down into books actually. So obviously you've talked about um, the, you know, the nursery rhymes that you've written. I'm actually working on a children's book and it's about trying new things and that sort of a thing, but I haven't quite got it to the stage where I'm, I'm ready to share but um perhaps it'll be for another day um okay. so two kind of books that I've referred to throughout my my treatment I guess you would say so reading for me it wasn't really the thing that I could do just because you know when you're tired like reading you're just not really into it <laughs> you're not feeling not feeling it um but there's one book that I've kind of referred to um just throughout life really so this can obviously help anybody in any life situation and it's called The Art of Possibility and it is by Rosamond Stone Zander and Benjamin Zander. Um, so I actually went to one of their book readings in Massachusetts and Boston when I was there. And um, it's just one of those books where it sort of gets you to look at different situations or scenarios and find an aha moment. Um, I guess it'd be almost like a silver lining. Um, and that just sort of keeps you kind of positive, kind of keeps you going or what have you. And um, I don't know, that's just a book that I refer to at various stages, obviously on this hormone treatment, these hormone drugs or hormonal therapy drugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you just want to kind of be the best version of yourself. And sometimes those drugs try and take that away from you. But as you keep working, then you can, you know, you can peel it away and you can get there. And this book has been really helpful for me. And then another book was, um, a book called the diary of healing. And, um, it was by an author called Mary on Wasil. Um, unfortunately she, She's not with us here today. Um, she also had sort of breast cancer and a lady that had breast cancer um, gave me this book um, to read. And I didn't read it actually throughout my treatment process. I was just in oblivious, as you said, I oblivion where I am, um, you know, I felt like I just couldn't read. I didn't have the energy. I was just doing the children and that sort of stuff was that, that was me. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so this, this book is about, you know, a diary of healing and, she talked about how she would bring donuts into her chemo, every chemo and dress up and that sort of a thing. And she was a bit of a, a well-known uh, figure. Um, so she ended up starting or, yeah, she was the founder of um, an organization called the Get in Touch Foundation in Connecticut um, in, you know, the States or what have you. And um, they help people sort of with, a, you know, raising the awareness of, of breast cancer and that sort of a thing. And I think they focus more on young girls, if I remember correctly. But anyway, her book was really positive and uplifting and just something that I read after after treatment on my way, you know, uh, moving about. But was those that, books... Was that the first book you read um, after treatment or like the first book related to... 
Um, I think that was actually probably the first book and the only book that I've read <laughs> in, wow. in regard to treatment. Um, I think, I don't, I don't know why, like, I don't know. It was just one of those things where, you know, I was sort of tired. My eyes were tired and ended up, I, you know, I had to change my glasses prescription. So I didn't really get, get into reading so much about it um, in treatment. And even so long, I don't know. I'm not sure why. I just, maybe it's something where I avoid something. I don't know or what have you, but I... I really enjoyed this book, actually, but The Art of Possibility definitely stands with me. Cause that's in... okay. so I, I'm, I'm amazed how you picked two books, um, <laughs> yeah. like, the only two books that you've read, and like, <laughs> meanwhile, I've read like 150 books, and, the okay. time, and those two books were not one of them. Okay, so, yeah, so you've read, you've read lots and lots of books, so you've got, you've got more to share, share in this arena than... Um, yeah, yeah. I've read but I mean, there, there's the downside in that too. I mean, there, there can be a point where, you know, you're reading way too much and it's just like, okay, calm down, like take a breather and, you know, just, just live and stop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? It's, um, I think it's good. I mean, having, you know, chatted about friends, you know, in our, our previous podcast about how, you know, staying in the now, staying informed. I think that's something that I've always been. So I might not take it to a, a book, but I would take it, you know, I would get more information from yeah. the Facebook groups that I'm in and the support groups and in the research groups or what have you, just to see what's up and trendy or what, what's, yeah. you know, what's happening next. So I'm, my treatment is the best treatment it, that it can be. Um, but I've never got that from a book though. Um, but okay. it sounds like well, you found, you found yeah, books to me, be a good help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to basically like, you know, pick and choose because, you know, every book, you can like for one book that says like you have to do this like you find another book that says no you absolutely have to do that and then you're just oh like, okay, yeah yeah everything then it's just but like the first book that I read um after I was diagnosed was and I talked about this in the um, other podcast we did with um Incision UK oh yeah okay um, yeah as like one of my advice to people who are newly diagnosed if you can get this book and you know this is no affiliation I'm not getting paid <laughs> oh me neither actually <laughs> let me tell you not getting paid <laughs> but um it was radical remission by um dr kelly turner and that book like really just like centered me and i felt it it just like gave me hope like okay you know like i don't know why i have this disease um i don't know what the future is going to be and there's not much that i can can control at this moment or it felt like i couldn't but it there were just like you know things in the book that made you feel like you know you can have some sort of control in what you can do um mm. you know never mind like of course you know keep taking conventional medicine um if that's what you were prescribed and stuff but there was no reason why you couldn't alongside you know following your chemo taking your targeted pills do these alternative um therapies to increase your chances of survival so um so yeah. that book I to people like you know you've got to you've got to get that book radical remission it's it's such such a good book um and then another book um I read actually I was sent because my I have um it's kind of weird with like social media because you know we can say like oh I have a friend even though you like never <laughs> person yep yep okay yep <laughs> so um I so this this girl her name is um Christia Donaldson and actually, I've been in contact with her, wow, since like 2008 or nine. Oh, even. wow, so yeah. So that's quite a while. Yeah. But, you know, never really um, 
like, yeah, we've never met and, you know, we've never um, done anything together per se, but um, she was one of the people I I contacted uh, when I found out about my diagnosis because she was quite vocal about having breast cancer um, and she had 40 herself or no, she actually just turned 40 um, this year, but um, you know, she was in her thirties when she got it. And um, she, um, I told her about it and um, we knew each other because like we were both making natural products and actually her natural products are available at Target and, you know, oh, all cool. these stuff. But yeah, she's doing really well. And she wrote a book called, This Is Only a Test, What Breast Cancer Taught Me About Faith, Love, Hair, and Business. Oh, and, that's interesting. And yeah, it is, you know, basically like her, um, you know, she's talking about um, just like her life journey and, you know, how like being diagnosed with cancer, like in the middle of like her business, like, you know, about to take off and, and all of that. And for me, it was great because, you know, I know her somewhat and to see somebody, you know, like it was just like very personal. And, um, you know, I think, you know, people should should read about, you know, stories of survival and, and just um people who are who are going through it and and making it and you know they have like sound Mm -hmm. advice so that's um yeah those are those are two books that I've I've read and then a really long one okay (laughs) I read um, (laughs) I I listened to it on um audiobook no it was called um the emperor of all maladies the so basically it's like the history of cancer okay (laughs) Yeah, and it's like from you know all the way like BC until until now, and it seems I don't know. Some people might think it it seems boring or sounds boring, but like really, I could not stop listening to this book. It was written in such a great way, and it was like like you know like a story and written suspenseful and just I mean you would I I challenge everyone to 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 listen or read to this book um, because it was. Uh, yeah, it was that good. Um, his, I'm going to butcher his name, um, but it's Siddhartha Mukherjee, The Emperor of All Maladies, A Biography of Cancer. It's, yeah. oh, I think I've heard of that, actually. That rings a bell, actually. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, obviously with books or whatever you're referring to, um, it's nice to have something just to kind of know a bit more information, really, isn't it? So you're not yeah. so oblivious as you're... Um, moving moving along something so sometimes you know knowing more information can be helpful sometimes it's not um it just really depends on on the person and sort of what their you know what their take is on things but i think i i quite enjoy actually the survival stories um yeah yeah they just sort of they inspire me and um kind of keep you going if that makes sense so you kind of feel like well if other people have done it then i can do it do it too um, so yeah. that sort of um, affects, sort of, you know, resonates with me. And then obviously just knowing more information, keeping up with research and, and that sort of a thing also yeah. is something that, that interests me. Um, and- I must say, um, I had, like, I, I, I'm always going to keep saying, you know, pre-cancer, pre-cancer. But- oh, yeah, PC, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, I was always a bookworm and I was just always either, you know, listening to books or reading books and and things like that. And, you know, before I had cancer, I was very into like, you know, Eckhart Tolle and these kind of, you know, being in the moment, living in the now um, kind of books where you're trying to figure out, you know, why you're here on earth and what this life's about and mm. just enjoy the moment. 
going and all these things. And, you know, I would devour these books and it was really hard for me though, to implement them. And oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like implement them into my everyday and to, to do that. And I, <laughs> as corny and cheesy as this sounds, but I find that now with cancer, I'm forced to do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, all those books, you know, you've read about taking it day by day. And like, the only thing that matters is now and not the past or the future. It's like, you have, like, I have to adopt these things. Otherwise I'll just go insane thinking about my diagnosis and if I'll make it and what it means and worrying about the future. And it's just like, I can't, I can't worry about the future. Yeah, because you obviously you don't want to read all that and then be a hypocrite, right? So it's like practice what you read, practice what you preach. And I think sometimes, um, I mean, that can be hard to do, um, but it's a, it's it's a way you have to kind of think differently, don't you? So live in the moment, live live for today, not for tomorrow. Um, you know, never borrow tomorrow sor- sorrows or what have you. And yeah, all these things are just so much easier said than done. Oh yeah, but, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely. Makes forces you to to deal with it because it's like okay you know either even just the whole um vocabulary with cancer you know how it's like yeah we're fighters survivors warriors and we're gonna kick it in the butt and we're gonna fight and and all this stuff and I was just like you know thinking about it and you know also just through reading and stuff thinking no actually we should be looking at it more as cancer being like a roommate (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just like look we both are living in this body together. <laughs> right <laughs> right well, yeah so it's like oh i like that angie so you're saying yeah it's not like a parasite but like someone that lives with you and you kind of have to get used to it <laughs> yeah roommate you know we don't have to be friends by no means but we're both occupying this body okay <laughs> you like leave me alone you do your thing i'm gonna do my thing you know but like um but i'm the one who found the apartment <laughs> <laughs> oh that is good Angie. that is good and i think so what you're saying as well with the um with a bit about being a warrior being a superhero all this sort of stuff that's just a lot of pressure isn't it yeah um, like you're supposed to be you're not supposed to be perfect all the time in life so how can you be perfect every time you, when you have cancer as well it's i mean it's the same um yeah. and that's a lot of added pressure to that but I, I like your analogy of of seeing cancer as a roommate we share the same yeah. body and yeah um you know sometimes we get on sometimes we don't sometimes we have ups sometimes we have downs um and I guess I mean I suppose if you were to think of ways that you know like a friend or what have you cancer has been there for you there might be ways where it's it's eye-opening where you look at things differently from a different perspective um you know having gone through a life-changing situation or what have you so there are positive elements to that but it is also like a love-hate thing as well isn't it yeah yeah, but, like, I, but I don't think it's, it's healthy for us to like see it as an enemy and you know something that we have to like fight and um, yeah yeah I mean I, I agree with that I think it's something to learn learn to live with and I think like a roommate it can be hard it's not always easy <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things and um but that kind of gives that kind of changes perspective doesn't it it just sort of makes you think a bit differently. So next I'm kind of want to talk about, um, I mean, one of the favorite books that I like to read to the children. So one day I was walking down the street and maybe this was just a blessing. I don't know. And I saw this box of books by Dr. Seuss. So somebody had this perfectly 
this perfect box with all these Dr. Seuss books. And normally I wouldn't take things from the street, but I was like, okay, this is just, this is just here. Like I have to read these books to my children <laughs> and, and there they are. So it was like a hundred pounds of books that were perfect on the, you know, somebody's pavement up for taking. And I was like, I just have to do it. Um, you know, and obviously because, you know, his Dr. Seuss books are very big in the States. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really failing as an American parent. Like I've not read all these books. So anyway, I, um, when my cousin had finished, uh, she was the, I think she was the salutatorian or valedictorian of her class in high school. And I got her the book, Oh, the Places You Will Go, you know, Dr. Seuss book. And it just really resonated with me and, you know, all the things that you kind of face in life or, or whatever. And I thought... <laughs> Sorry, try not to say what have you. But anyway, um, it just really resonated with me. And I had read it to my girls, um, you know, not too long ago. And I had just read it again. And I thought, gosh, this book is just so powerful. And sometimes it makes me a bit like, ooh, tears kind of want to come out, you know, when I'm reading it. But they don't see that, obviously. But I was like, this book is amazing. So so one of the lines from it is, I'm so, so sorry to say, I'm sorry to say so, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch and your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. So obviously it's preparing children for, you know, things aren't always going to go your way in life, are they? That's mm -hmm. just the, um, that's just the reality. Um, but the next line is you'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump. And then the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. So it's kind of, you know, explaining what that's all about. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done kind of just what we were saying really Angie right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll come to a place where the streets are not marked some windows are lighted but mostly they're darked a place you could sprain both your elbow and chin do you dare to stay out do you dare to go in how much can you lose how much can you win so again I mean just resonating with the cancer thing and then it and then uh, then he gets to the point you know where it you know things are on the up um, and you know, I mean, this part here actually really relates to cancer where it says you get so confused that you'll start into race down long wiggled roads at a breaking necking pace and grind on for miles across weirdish wild space headed, I fear toward a most useless place. And that place is called the waiting place. Mm, um, oh yeah. that doesn't that sound familiar? Like with anxiety and things like that. Like you're just there waiting and the unknown fear of unknown, all that thing. And then. For, and then it goes on to say, you know, for people just waiting. So they might be waiting for a train. They might be waiting for the mail, for the phone, whatever it is. Everyone is, is just waiting. In the UK, we would say queuing. Everybody's queuing in a line. <laughs> Actually, in the book, they, um, you know, I mean, Dr. Seuss even says waiting for the fish to bite, you know, waiting for the wind to fly a kite, all these sort of things. Everyone is just waiting. Um, but he says in the book, no, that's not for you. Somehow you'll escape all that waiting and staying. You'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. So things are on the up now. And uh, all these great pictures of elephants and things. With banner flip-flapping, once more you'll ride high, ready for anything under the sky. Ready because you're that kind of guy. I would say, or girl, really. <laughs> but obviously the rhyme there. Um, and then it gets in, oh, the places you will go. There is fun to be done. And really the book kind of goes positive, um, you know, from there on. So obviously you go through these um, experiences where you have a down, and then you kind of go back up. And then now they're talking about being in a really great place, but now they're saying you might be afraid sometimes and you might play games on your own, but games you can't win because you'll play against you. So obviously being the best version of you in life, really. Um, and I don't know, this book just, um, I don't know, it just really, it's really, deep. I, it's really yeah, deep. It's really deep actually, but obviously the children with the great pictures, the great pictures, 
the rhyme, it's like, oh my goodness, it's it's just amazing. And obviously, you know, having given this to my cousin years ago, I think I had just finished, I was in the working life or what have you. I didn't even, um, I hadn't even faced any of the, the situations in life that you go through that are a big deals, so to speak. Um, but well, now I, mean, I see this book and I'm like, wow. I'm, sh- I'm sure back then we were thinking they were big deals. Yeah, yeah, knowing. yeah. But, um, you know, and it talks about how you get mixed up and, you know, all these different things. And then eventually you'll get, and you will succeed. Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. And it talks about how you'll love mountains. And in the book, they go through. Um, so if you were to get the book, it's, I mean, obviously I'm not selling it. I'm not promoting it in any way, but it's just fascinating to read for children. Obviously World Book Day, it's just one of my favorite favorite children's books I think because it's it's deep but it's also the rhyme scheme is just amazing in it as well you know oh, I'll have to order it very on, good uh, yeah definitely kids. order it yeah yeah check it out check it out um but yeah fascinating anyway just I just wanted to share that with people because you know in life whatever people are going through there's good times there's bad times it gets tough I mean I don't like to sound cliche but that is life um but that doesn't mean that that has to be just your life. Obviously you can move on and try and be the best version of, of you. Um, and sometimes I think going back to what you said, Angie, like books kind of, they kind of bring that feeling to you, don't they? Whether it's a book or a music or something just to help through those, those challenging times. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So this is our discussion on World Book Day. Anything else you want to add or talk about? Um, yeah, we could talk for ages, but we'll keep it <laughs> I know we could. What's that? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll stop it here for now. We'll stop it here for now. I mean, just everyone, if you obviously you've got a book in hand or you're reading to your children, you know, read a favorite story to them, you know, share, share a favorite story with great, great pictures and, and really nice words. And, um, yeah, just enjoy it. Enjoy that time. Sometimes I think with reading, it gets to be the point in the evening where it's, it's getting late and you're like, oh, come on, you know, going through that routine, let's get to bed, that sort of a thing. And, and you might want to put reading yeah. off, but I think reading just has so many benefits, doesn't it? Right. Part, uh, reading is part of our nighttime routine. I mean, sometimes, yeah. you know, I'll be so tired. I'm just like, okay, guys, do this. And my kids will be like, what? No book? <laughs> no book? Yeah. In our household, like it has to be. So, you know, my, I speak English to my kids and my husband speaks German to them. And okay. we live in Switzerland and Geneva where they speak French at school. So they've got like the three languages going on and it has to be that I, I have to read them an English book or three. And <laughs> or ten. Their dad, <laughs> their dad reads them like German books. Um, and so like then the bedtime stories, like they, they end up taking almost an hour of us, oh, like, yeah. reading so many yeah. books, but it's like, it's part of the nighttime routine and it's something that yeah that we enjoy doing and you know our kids would be like no we can't go to sleep without without books yeah I mean we really enjoy the reading routine and I think um it's something that's really enjoyed and treasured and I also noticed actually because my girls are quite funny when it comes to going to bed (laughs) and uh they sometimes use it as like a delay tactic so they'll go and get like 20 books And then they'll like, the youngest one always wants to retell the story, which I think is absolutely sweet. Absolutely sweet. It's beautiful. But it will be like, she'll just, she kind of, she's quite cheeky in a way and she likes to delay the process. Um, But it is ever so sweet. And obviously reading is so beneficial in in so many ways. Um, But yeah, get those books, read to your children, spend that quality time reading. It's something that they'll treasure, you'll treasure. And if you don't do it, you'll definitely remember that you've not done it. 
Um, so yeah. <laughs> yep. Enjoy that reading. <laughs> right, Angie. Okay. I will talk to you later. Have a good rest of the day. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Cracking Cancer Chit Chat is where we are at, folks. Keeping it real and letting you in on how we really feel. It ain't easy for us, and we hope you never join our cancer team. Know what we mean? But if you or yours do, we're here for you. So check yourself and be the best version of you. It's all all you you can can do. do. Bye, okay. Angie. Bye. That, was, that wasn't okay. too bad, actually.